This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake after and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, AG1, Aura, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein and Chargers fans everywhere. Happy New Year. This is the first episode that we have done under the 2024 banner. Feels good to have January in the books. Not so good when we're talking about Chargers not being in the playoffs, obviously. And as we are headed into week 18, Dan, with the pivotal matchup between East and Stick. And now, since the Chiefs are resting some of their starters, including Patrick McCombs, it's East and Stick versus Blaine Gabbert in must-see NFL football this coming Sunday to close out the 2023 regular season for the Chargers. But what we are going to be talking about today a lot of news, obviously, as it relates to coaching, GM, especially since we're now days away from the infamous Black Monday when those interview processes will then begin with certain candidates. National championship but, is less than a week away. Yes, so Harbaugh Watch is obviously going to gain a lot of steam here over these next couple of days. But as Dan and I have done now for the cornerback position and for the tight end position, We've been talking about our 2024 roster constructions in terms of expectations, what this roster could potentially look like, who players are going to be brought back, and then, of course, players who the Chargers may target, whether that be free agency, whether it be the draft. We're going to dissect the wide receiver position and kind of give a 2024 outlook heading into next season of what this roster at this particular spot could potentially look like. But before we get into that, obviously, Dan Wolkenstein, how are you, sir? I'm great. Great. 2024 off to a great start. Uh, wish everybody health, happiness, success, all of that jazz. This is a fun episode that I'm looking forward to doing. The wide receiver room and the outlook is fascinating for the Los Angeles Chargers team. And there are so many angles and ways that they can go about doing this. They, we don't know who, but someone's going to have to figure this out. And there's so many trap doors, hidden doors, options that the team can look to resolve, quote unquote, some of the issues and opportunities, if you want to be positive about it. The Chargers wide receiver room is crazy to me. And you can talk about this for hours. We'll try to keep this thing short, sweet. But I'm great. Can't wait to do this. We're talking NFL receivers, Chargers receivers, NFL draft stuff here. We're talking salary cap. We're talking dead cap, the whole nine. I look forward to it. Jake, how are you? Happy 2024 officially for the first time for us on the show together since we rang the new year. Love you, buddy. How are you doing? Doing good, sir. Doing good. It's January. Just getting back in the swing of things. <laughs> I had a very eventful new year. Didn't get to bed, my wife and I, until about 3 o'clock in the morning. So needless to say, I sounded like a drunk auctioneer whose voice was very hoarse the next day. So get it. voice was totally shot. <clears throat> All that I know is I had a great night. So, sounds like a good way to ring in 2024 for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, let's get into this, Jake. Chargers 2024 receiver room is going to look very different than 2023. But let's talk about what the 2023 room looks like. Because even that was nothing like anybody expected. Keenan Allen, 
balled out this year, arguably the best year of his entire career. He and uh, Khalil Mack both have had like insane years for their age, but Keenan Allen balled out. Mike Williams out for the season. Very beginning. Never got to see what Mike Williams and Keenan Allen looked like this year. Josh Palmer was out multiple games due to injury. Quentin Johnston, we've talked about it at nauseum. Seems like it's a pick that was most likely a project focus, and the project was having to get accelerated, and the project wasn't ready, at least for this year, coupled by scheme, fit, issue, play calling, blah, blah, blah. Darius Davis. And then the rest of them, you've got guys like Alex Erickson, Keelan Doss. But that's the group. And those top guys, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, tons of cash allotted to those two. Not just 2023, but also 2024. This is where it gets interesting because, again, the backdrop of this is 40 plus million over the cap right now. Technically, they might be just under that because of the release of Sebastian Joseph Day. But that's a 2023 wide receiver room. And even that, did not pan out even with the injuries. The guys that were there, in my opinion, were not used properly outside of Keenan Allen. So that's the backdrop. How can this Chargers team go into 2024 season with Justin Herbert at the helm and get younger, get cheaper, faster, and more explosive? Those are the four tenets that I am looking at trying to solve for this Chargers wide receiver room in 2024. Ch- cheaper, faster, more explosive, and younger. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how you broke it down like that because all four of those make a lot of sense. And some of them are going to have to do with decisions that may be hard for some to look at, especially when it comes contractually. Part of the big four of deals that Tom Telesco renegotiated. <laughs> Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. All of which equal to a great percentage of the cap space taken up coming next year in 2024. Now, I've said it since Mike Williams unfortunately went down this year with the injury that I felt that that could have realistically been his last game as a Charger when he went down against Minnesota. I see this being a position that obviously the Chargers are going to have to reload at because of, as you were mentioning, Dan, wide receivers that weren't utilized early and often properly enough, weren't getting enough snaps in certain respects. You go out and you get guys like Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis in the same draft. And obviously, due to injuries to your number one, number two, and number three receivers, all at different times of the the year, you would have hoped that the development of Quinn Johnston would have been able to, obviously, it was in, in terms of the Chargers plan that happened earlier than expected. But from the standpoint of time in which he has gotten those snaps, it hasn't been accelerated enough. Darius Davis, who we all knew coming in to this season was going to be his biggest contribution was going to be on special teams. His job as the returner was essentially his, but how he could be utilized 
as a wide receiver that we saw during the preseason is something that we just never got around to seeing outside of the occasional reverse. Or you look at the first play of the first game that the Chargers played against the Raiders where he ripped one off for 50-plus yards. Outside of, yeah. Yes, outside of that, he really hasn't been utilized in this offense that much. And now we're talking about literally, for lack of a better word, a skeleton crew at wide receiver now. Obviously, the Chargers season is coming to an end, and it has been for, for several weeks now. But even still, from the standpoint of who you have, it's been Alex Erickson that's really been the, the one that has benefited. And if you had that on your bingo card for 2023, <laughs> props to you. But getting back to this from a contractual standpoint, Dan, Mike Williams, I think, is going to be the one that you're going to have to part ways with. The interesting thing about this was, and I know that the chances of this happening that I put it as it stands right now that we're in January, I'll put it at 5%. If you happen to catch the ESPN article of the 32 teams with 32 players with contracts to watch, Chris Rim, who reports for the Chargers for ESPN, so the contract to watch was actually Keenan Allen because he did obviously highlight that Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Mike Williams, they have their cap hits of a, upward of $30 million next year. Keenan Allen, as he says, is tied to this team in different ways. Obviously, he has the longer tenure than all three of these, uh, all three of those individuals. And even just, like you said, Dan, one of the better years of his career at 31 years old, his cap next year is going to be $34.7 million. Now, I'm not saying I favor it. I'm not saying I want it. But we do have to remember that this is going to be a new regime that comes in to this team. Yep. So... Yep. Is there a going. way? Is there a way that Ed McGuire can figure out a way to reshuffle some numbers to take away some of the red that the Chargers are in as it relates to the cap hit for number twenty two or for twenty twenty four? Or does the worst possible scenario <laughs> end up taking place for all of us? Because every single one of us, there is no doubt about it, would love to see Keenan Allen retire as a Charger. The last thing that you would ever want is to see him playing elsewhere. Yep. But it is interesting that Chris Rim highlights Keenan Allen as the contract to watch. I think, because the, of all I think it is. I think it is the contract to watch. But again, this is kind of like door number three. There's door number one, keep him. Door number two, cut slash trade. Door three is restructured. That to me is the most likely scenario because we're talking receiver room here in this episode. Jake, between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams alone by themselves. Their cap hit, just those two players for 2024, is 66, $67 million for two players. That's over 26% of the entire team on two players. The, put it in context, your number one draft pick, number one, excuse me, first round draft pick, Quentin Johnston, 2024 cap hit, Jake. Three million, a tenth of what those guys are hitting this books for. So those are big numbers, in my opinion. I think one. I think Mike Williams is probably gone, and I hate that because I love Mike Williams on this team. I think he's one of the most loved players on the roster, both internally and externally. 
But you mentioned it with kind of this new regime. And it's really easy to get tied emotionally to some of these narratives and some of these players. But if you take emotion out of it, ask yourself how often Mike Williams has been healthy for an entire season. How often has Mike Williams been out due to injury? How many types of injuries has Mike Williams had? On the field, Mike Williams is amazing. But you can't just keep carrying the asterisk of when he's on the field when you're paying $35 million in cap hits. So, yes, Mike Williams is the the younger of the two, if we're talking Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. But there's no question Keenan Allen's the more dependable, both on the field as well as off the field. Like, he's healthier, generally. He is the security blanket, has more receptions and targets than Keenan Allen does, or than Mike Williams. And he's been there from the jump. Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis. Those are the three receivers that the Chargers have under contract that you know for a fact are going to be here next season. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, both questionable. If it's me, again, take an emotion out of it from a pure roster construction standpoint. I'm trying to trade Mike Williams, but Mike Williams was not on the team next year. And ideally restructuring Keenan Allen's contract. But when we're getting this here in a little bit, let's say the chart, depending on where the chargers pick and for example, pick four, and pick six, very different with a possible receiver that you can get. If they're able to get one of those top two guys, which Jake and I will talk about in a second, it makes the possibility of Keenan Allen no longer on the team a little easier to swallow. I'm not talking emotions. I'm talking pure on the field. But younger, faster, Cheaper, more explosive. They need that for Justin Herbert right now. And I know how much people love Keenan Allen and Michael Williams together, and that tandem is amazing, but I hate saying this. But those two together, it just hasn't worked. It hasn't lived up to what it could be. It just hasn't. And there's so many excuses for that. I get it. But at the end of the day, it hasn't. You're paying two receivers that much money. You should be getting stupid numbers from both of them. And you're not. Dan, even the, even the trifecta of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, the amount of snaps that those three have taken on the field over the last two years, it's, it's insane when you think about the time missed from one player or another. The amount of time that you have actually gotten with all three of them is very few and far between. Now, I go back to this. Like I said, I thought it was a 5% chance at most right now that the Chargers would actually part ways with Keenan Allen. I think when you look at what he did this season in 2023, I thought he turned back the clock for how he looked. He did not look like a 31-year-old wide receiver out there. If there was anything that we could, could highlight from what Kellen Moore said he was going to do in training camp and what he actually carried out 
throughout the season, it was getting Keenan Allen in space. It was getting, it was feeding Keenan Allen the ball. Mm-hmm. And we have probably never seen the rapport between he and Justin Herbert any better than what we saw this year. Because of that, I feel like that's the reason why you find a way to restructure Keenan Allen in this circumstance. Now, does that deter you from going to another wide receiver and investing in it? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, because it does not. <laughs> come 2025, Joshua Palmer's contract comes up. Keenan Allen, most likely, depending on what the restructure looked like, could be up after that if it's not a one-year one uh, rental deal, essentially. So you're going to have to reload at wide receiver. And given what you've seen from Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis, which unfortunately is not what we wanted to see, you're going to have to reload at that position anyway. So it's better to do it one year before rather than one year too late. And let me, and let me add this to the Mike Williams, Keenan Allen thing. And you look at, again, take emotions out of it with Mike Williams. His 2024 cap hit, Jake, is 20... Was it 34, I believe? 34, excuse me, 33 million, 32.4. Sorry, you're talking about Mike Williams, 32.4 million in dead cap for 2020, excuse me, in a cap hit in 2024. 12 million dead cap. So, frame of reference, 33 million. What's worth that? Mike Williams has not had a season with more than 1,146 yards. Has not had a season with more than 76 receptions. So we're talking, I'll just do the last five years. 2019, 49 receptions, 1,000 yards, two touchdowns. 2020, 48 receptions, 750 yards, five touchdowns. 2021, 76 receptions, 1146, nine touchdowns. That was his year. That's when he got paid. 2022, 63 receptions, 895 yards last year, just 19 receptions, 250 yards, a touchdown. Compare that to Keenan Allen for a second here, Jake. Keenan Allen since 2017, one, two, three, four, five, 1,000 plus yard seasons. One, two, three, four, five, 100 reception plus seasons, and another one at 97. Model of consistency. Is Keenan Allen. So we talk about, I know everyone talks about like Mike Williams being the security blanket for, for Justin Herbert, the report. I get all that. It's not Keenan Allen. So you said the whole like, is it giving up on Quentin Johnston? Not even close. No, I don't, I don't believe it is. But at the same point in time, this is how you have to reload the roster and looking forward and to Dan's point in a way getting cheaper at a position because the Chargers invested a lot of money in their top three wide receivers, one of which obviously didn't end up panning out or in certain people's respects, owning up to the contract that we thought he was going to. But you're going to have to do this. And the good thing for the Chargers is this wide receiver class is much different (laughs) than what it was in the spring of 2023. And regardless of which receiver they let go or if it's both of them, like and that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. It's a lot easier to swallow that pill when you start seeing some of these players available in the draft specifically. We could talk about free agency too, but in the draft specifically and the price tag in comparison. So let's say 
worst case scenario for a lot of Chargers fans, they get rid of Keenan Allen. Doomsday. Yes. Terrible. First of all, once you survive the riot, that will happen. <laughs> but let's just say they do. And they get rid of that 30, what was it? 36 million dollars. 35 million dollars. Yeah, just under 35. 35 million dollar cap hit. And let's say they draft a Malik Neighbors or hell, let's say they draft Marvin Harrison Jr. You're getting one of those two guys for an eighth of the price tag. And you're getting a generational receiver. So would you rather have Keenan Allen at $34 million or Malik Neighbors at $5 million? Again, I don't think I don't think that one deters the other, though, Dan. Agreed. But I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying it would be an easier pill to swallow. Let's say they you lost Keenan Allen, but you gain Malik Neighbors. Or lost Keenan Allen, gain Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, yeah, that would be terrible. But that's how the that's how the league works. And you save yourself $26 million in cap, and you arguably got possibly a more generational player. Take emotions out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, again, it, it doesn't always work. I mean, look at the Tennessee Titans from a couple of years back when they traded A.J. Brown to Philly, and then they took Traylon Burks in his place just from the standpoint of getting cheaper. So sure. it's not a foolproof plan. But that, but, but it, again, we're talking younger, cheaper, faster, more explosive. And which I which I get. Which is Traylon Burks any of those things other than younger than A.J. Brown? Like, come no. on now. No, no, no. I know. I'm just, I'm just merely showing yeah. the example. I'm not deterring this from yes. drafting Malik Neighbors because right. I definitely think, especially if for some reason that the Giants can win this final game uh, <laughs> and the Chargers can secure the fifth spot in the draft, they are firmly in the Malik Neighbors conversation at that certain point in time. Marvin Harrison, Dan, I know that you're, you know, just talking about the top right receivers. There's no way that Marvis Harrison Jr. is making it to the Chargers wherever it is that they draft. I just do not see I mean, like, that scenario. There, there's a chance happening. that he gets... There's a chance that... Again, we're talking like less than 1% chance the Chargers yes. can get to the 3 or 4%. The 3 or 4% position. Might as well just say no, but go on. But if, but if I'm saying if they get to that position, he might be there. Right. Anything outside of 4, no way. Correct. Like, but... Yes. So... I think if you went through this and you start thinking about it, it's like, okay, well, you know the Chargers are going to have to invest in a wide receiver this year, possibly even a couple. I would even argue that, again, one of the brighter spots after the Easton Stick regime has essentially taken place or during these last six or seven weeks of the season, you could make an argument that Alex Erickson has earned a contract back next year. Wouldn't be a huge price tag, yeah. but I would assume that he is part of this wide receiver group next year. However, that's mixed in. However, you want to label them wide receiver one through six, essentially. I think that he's earned it, especially after this last game that he he put together in Denver. I think that he has put enough consistency on the board to whether he, where, to show that he's earned an opportunity to come back. So that's and, I mean, one. And so you look at free agency, right? Like Alex Erickson, you know, Keelan Doss, possibly familiarity with the team. Obviously, Alex Erickson would be be pretty old considering that position he's playing but again we're talking you got to get cheaper when you're looking at some of the free agents available this year at the receiver mike williams excuse me mike evans odell beckham jr 
Chris Samuel, Tyler Boyd, all out of the price range. Don't even look yep. at those. You scroll down a bit. You got like, you know, Miko Harmon. You've got Randall Cobb. You've got Braxton Berrios. You've got a lot of guys here. McCole Hardman will be an interesting one to watch. Yep. I thought that that would have been worth a flair for the Chargers to throw up when the Jets were looking to get rid of him. Unfortunately, he ends up going back to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been battling injuries, so he hasn't actually been playing really that much since he came back to the team. be interesting to see how he's going to be infused in this offense going into the playoffs for them. But that would be an option that I would... Be interesting to know, given his playing time, what his market is actually going to look like. But that's that, one that, that I wouldn't. But even that's like wide receiver, what four, five, six, right? Like, but again, you're you're still looking for ways. I I do not put it past the Chargers to go out and say like, oh, even if you brought Keenan Allen back, that we're just going to get Malik Neighbors and that's it. Oh, I agree. I, I don't yeah. I don't find it that way. I think that they have to tr- try to find to do this, find a way to do this multiple ways because of the fact that as it stands right now. Quentin Johnston and Darius Davis, in terms of how he's utilized in this offense as a receiver, is still a question mark. Darius Davis is a returner. There's no question marks there. I get that. So you have to find a way to do this. And none of this is an indication that you're giving up on either one of these guys. But you have to find a way, especially with a new head coach coming in and a new GM, you have to figure out ways to put these weapons around Justin Herbert. Now, we all thought that coming into this year that this was it, that you had this. That they had it. They had it. Everyone's Unfortunately, like, is- again, and I feel like a broken record when I'm saying this, I do not feel that the tight ends were utilized enough when you have Gerald Everett the way that he was playing this year, which yep. has just seemingly kind of gone under the radar as yeah. tough as he has played this year. I know the, the stat... She, it won't say it, but the way that he has played, where he's just knocking people off of him when he is running downfield as a bulldozer, I feel like that's just kind of gone under the radar. Donald Parham, again, battling injuries. He hasn't been able to put together a full season. He's still under contract going into next year, so he's going to be returning with the team. But then you just look at this wide receiver group again. Chargers came in where they had a plan. They were going to infuse speed into it. It In terms of infusing the speed, well, you went out and drafted it, but you didn't utilize it properly. And then on top of that, your wide receiver one, two, and three all got injured. So you have to find a different way to do this. Now, come April, draft time, as Dan and I were talking about just a second ago. Six, as it stands right now for the Chargers, is a very interesting spot. There's plenty of names that are going to be targeted. I know everybody has their preference. Especially when it comes to Dan, I know Malik Neighbors is one of his players that he can't shut up enough about, and rightfully so, because Malik Neighbors is amazing. And there have been articles that have been put out. I believe it was even Matt Miller that put one out to where he just said, can we get Malik Neighbors on the Chargers? Just to infuse that type of idea that if you were to hypothetically go to 2024 with Keenan Allen... Joshua Palmer, Quentin Johnston, and Malik Neighbors as your core four sounds pretty damn good for what you could create out of an offense with that type of wide receiver talent. I still believe that any lower than five, me personally, I still believe that Malik Neighbors will probably go before the Chargers hit six. Now, 
Stranger things have happened, obviously. <laughs> if the Chargers trade back, go a little back a little bit further. Roma Dunze is there. Another one of Dan's very good in that another one, another one of Dan's favorites from LSU. You know who I'm talking about. Brian Thomas. Yep. Who just has quietly led all of college football as it relates to a number of different stats. I think he had like six, I think it was six games with two touchdowns or more. I think he's like first or second in the all of NCAA in touchdowns this year. Yeah. But no one talks about him because he's not Malik Neighbors, which I get it's it. not Malik Neighbors, which, yeah, totally understandable. But make no mistake about it. There is one thing as it relates to the wide receivers that were the Chargers are fortunate. This wide receiver group A is much different than what it was last year. And it's deeper in terms of that talent that you could bring in. Yeah, so, there's, and there's there's a lot of, I mean, this receiving group is stacked. And there's a lot of guys. And Jake, you and I talked about this, I think, offline. But, you know, the 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 shifty, quick, crazy fast receivers i.e. like the the Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, Tank Dell, like that archetype. That archetype really isn't in this draft. You're not getting that this year. For the most part, this year is the trees. This year is like the above six foot, 200 pound plus. There's, again, there's outliers, but most of them are this. So you got to look few and far between to find whatever archetype you want. Malik Neighbors is one of those guys who's kind of a blend. He's like, and I don't say this lightly, he is the Jamar Chase type. That's his archetype. Marvin Harrison Jr., that guy's animal. We're talking like, you could say Megatron a little bit, a little bit. I think he's a little bit smaller than him. But again, like 6'4", I think he's like 215, can win against anyone. Different archetype than Malik Neighbors. But for me, the types of receivers that I'm looking for, and I'm assuming that Keenan Allen stays. There are probably four or five names that I've kind of gone through. And again, I had this is just this is way early. But besides the obvious of Mar Harrison Jr. and Bleak Neighbors, I really like Brian Thomas Jr. I really like Xavier Leggett as well. The kid from Alabama, I forget his name. The receiver, I'm missing it, but the receiver from Alabama that I really like as well. And then later on in the draft, probably Thrash. I like him too. But after a round, probably after the second round, maybe the third. I don't think the receiver in this class that's going to do anything for me. So you, so you think, as it stands, much like it was last year, if the Chargers are going to take another receiver in this draft it has to be within the first two rounds i would say it has to be the first two days for one that's going to make an impact on this team in my opinion and like again looking where they're drafting that's not asking much you're talking early first early second early third you can get some dudes but they got to do it and again, this is all about roster construction and what makes sense for the Chargers and for Justin Herbert. And what do they want this team to look like? And we're talking new head coach, new GM. Like this is a new thing. 
the team talked about, John Spanos talked about like a new vision that they need. What is that new vision? Because this is the same vision currently on the roster that you've seen for better part of a decade. I know Justin Herbert's in year five now, but Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, this type of receiving core, go back to Vincent Jackson, Malcolm Floyd. This is the type that they've had for a while. Quentin Johnson, same type. New vision. You you and I, Jake, have talked about so often, and I have been banging the drum for, I think, what, three years now? Back when I was wanting like guys like Antonio Gibson, you're wanting Josh Downs, I remember, for a bit. Like This team needs juice. They need game breakers. They just don't have that in the right receiving room right now. They don't. Darius Davis, you can say could be, but he's certainly not being utilized as it. He still has a lot of work to do. He's a rookie. Quinn Johnson, project. Keenan Mike Williams, that's not them. They're great players. That's not them. They need juice. They need someone that can put the fear in them if they take the top off. They don't have that. So that's a wide receiver room. Like there's so many angles, so many questions. You don't even know how many receivers they need. <laughs> right now but that's part about this is dan is that i'm glad that we're doing this preliminary now and when we started this you know brandon staley was still technically the head coach when we did our first roster construction of 2024 with the with the defensive back group (laughs) and obviously a lot of things have changed since that first episode everything that we're saying right now could be completely moot given who the next head coach or gm could be because again we're talking about new regime New philosophies. Well, no, I, would says, say, I would say alternate. I would say alternative. I think all of what we're saying right now is because of the new regime, because of the new stuff. We don't like. We don't know what they're wanting. It's 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 totally it's totally. But that's my point. Everything that we're saying in terms of oh sure yes. where you prioritize reloading the talent at this position could vary between one head coach to another, one GM to another. I'm going to ask you, Jake, let's stack rank like position-wise. We're talking wide receivers right now. Whether that's free agency or the draft or just what the positions that need to be improved this coming offseason. Top three. Does wide receiver make that top three list of position groups that need the most work? Yeah, it would have to. Any position that is not putting a priority on Justin Herbert, whether it's offensive line, tight end, or wide receiver, you have to do that. So, yes, I would say so. More so, like, but I'm saying top three in the entire team. So you got tight end, wide receiver, line. You've got corner, safety, edge. It's like, does receiver because, of the entire team, does the receiver make that top three position group? I mean, yes, but there's, like, so many 1A, 1Bs here because there really is. And we, we said this during the first conversation, Dan. Look how many holes there are to fill going yeah. into next year. Realistically, when you start dissecting this roster apart, because the same argument can be said for tight end. It really could. Considering who you're going to have on your roster next year and how long it's been since Justin Herbert has had a next-level tight end at that position. You could say the same, especially now, after Sebastian Joseph Day is, is, is gone. And now that you know that Austin Johnson's contract is up next year, you need to reload that position. Obviously, the cornerback room. Defensive backs, is Alohi Gilman coming back? We don't know. 
you need to reload the corner position. That is a must. If it was me, that's definitely corner would probably be in that top three, as you asked. And then running back. There's just a big question mark at yeah. running back right now. <laughs> not just because of who, not just because of who you know is not going to be on this roster next year, but because of who technically still is signed. You don't really know what they're fully capable of. And that's and that's actually an interesting part too. Like of all the positions on this Chargers team that has holes in it, corner and running back are probably the two that have the biggest like donuts in them. Cornerback, you got Asante Samuel Jr. And then the rest is Dean Leonard, Ja Taylor. Like that's your cornerback group for 2024. I mean, anybody could anybody in the comments or anything like that, if you asked him this question, Dan, and they gave you three different positions than the one that I just said, I would 100% agree with it because there's a case to be made for it. Totally. That's how, that's how bad, I want to say, in terms of <laughs> forward roster construction and lack of playing time and experience that you have at this roster now. This is where the Chargers roster has been put going into 2024. And it's not good. It's not yeah. good. But I mean, what Rinders will make it better, obviously, you have to make some tougher decisions financially. Yeah. Coaching is going to help that ginormously. But these are the questions that go into it. Dan and I said this. Essentially, every position, with the exception of quarterback, long you, snapper, you, <laughs> yes, and <laughs> God willing, you know, Cameron Dicker is a long-term option for this team, but Outside of those, every single position needs to be reloaded in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I mean, realistically, again, we're talking receivers here, and they still got Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson, Darius Davis, even if they don't have Mike Lins and Keenan Allen. Like, they still got bodies, right? Running back room, it's literally Isaiah Spiller, and that's it. That's it. Linebacking core. Like they got Deion Henley and Nick Neiman and Eric Hendricks, who Eric Hendricks is a likely cut candidate. Jake said it. Like this roster has a lot of holes in it. But these holes can be filled quickly given the right GM who's creative, forward thinking, who can analyze talent, evaluate talent, prioritize talent, trade back maybe, get Jake some happy feelings. But that'll be for another episode when we get into other positions. But Jake, anything else on the receiving stuff? Who do you think? Let's go with this. Let's end with this, Jake. Put yourself in Justin Herbert's mind. Let's say it's Christmas Eve and you're closing your eyes and you're making a wish list under the tree. Great. What do you? What do you want in a perfect world, but also realistic? What do you envision? your wide receiving core, let's say wide receivers one through four names. It'd be Keenan Allen, Joshua one, Palmer, two, Quinn Johnston, three, Malik neighbors, four. That, that would be, Lethal. that would be a great scenario. That'd be a great scenario. Now I keep, I've been teasing Dan for as, as bullish as he has been on Malik neighbors and rightfully so, obviously. Because he's, he was just mentioned, mentioning it a second ago. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, if we can get uh, Jake to 
to be happy if the Chargers end up trading down. I keep teasing him. It's like, what if the worst possible thing that could possibly happen is if... Don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. But then the Chargers decided that that would be the right time (laughs) to trade down. (laughs) Dude. There would be such a weird dichotomy on this show because Dan would be absolutely furious. There would need to be a live that took place. Jake has a, for those who don't know, Jake has a tradition, epic draft party every year. And I've been fortunate enough to be invited to that. Thank you, Jake. 2024 was going to be crazy. I told Jake already, I'm going to have to bring a television with me in the trunk for a possibility of them trading back with neighbors on the board because I'm throwing something at the screen. I don't even know if I'm throwing it out of anger or excitement or fear or all the above. I don't know, but that I would be then. Essentially, Dan threatened to punch my TV, which I had to, which I had to tell him, you know, there are fan, other fan bases at this draft party that still want to watch the rest of the draft. So don't take it out on the TV. I said, I will just stand in front of the TV and you could put me on the ground. That's totally fine. Take a free shot at me if you need to release some aggression. I so if, if, Jake, if Jake comes on the next show with black and blue eye after the draft, you know sure. why. My jaw's busted <laughs> if I had to take a run to get my jaw wired and you know just be doing a bunch of humming noises through the microphone because I can't talk. You'll understand why. It's all Dan's fault. Also, I appreciate the fact that you think that I'd be able to do that with damage on one punch. Something tells me like <laughs> that's like one of those things where it'd be like a George McFly type moments where it's yeah. just like, oh, this pent up rage. I'm just God, like that's the one. Like you might break your hand as well, but you know, hey, will it be worth it? You put me on the floor. That <laughs> that's it. That's it. So look, the receiving conversation is going to be crazy, and we're not going to find anything out about that for a while now. But I think one of the first kind of things to drop will be what position in the draft will they get, because that changes who they could possibly get on their team. So I think that'll do it. Jake, anything else for the great friends we had here? I think I'm just ready to watch playoff football. That doesn't involve. Yeah. Not the chargers, (laughs) not the chargers. It is. It has been strange from the standpoint of, we know that there has still been chargers games to play after the debacle that happened against the Raiders. And Dan and I have, not given very much coverage to it, obviously, with Justin Herbert being lost for the season, Brandon Staley now obviously being fired, and the results have kind of spoken on that. And it is unfortunate from the standpoint that even still with an interim head coach and an interim GM that there are certain players that have still not gotten playing time in some of these games, adequate playing time, which then again leads to these next questions of (laughs) what do you do? for next year. What's the expectations for those players heading into next year? But I'm just ready for some playoff football. Playoff football is great, even if it doesn't necessarily involve the Chargers. Um, and I'm I'm ready just for like full-on off-season talk as it relates to how is this Chargers team going to get back and get right in 2024? We're close. We're so close. We got one more football game before it's officially off season for the Chargers and their fan base. But until then, uh, Jake Hefner, you find him at Jake T Hefner, myself, Dan W sports on X, Spotify, Apple podcast, Chargers Unleashed. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.